What is going on? Welcome back to another episode of <laughs> MMA Circle of Debate Championship on the Line Recap Episode 13. Every kick, punch, submission, or scorecard has the opportunity to change the future, to change the world of MMA. From the main event of a pay-per-view all the way down to uh, the Ultimate Fighter exhibition matches. And December 11th sent shockwaves through the MMA universe. And I'm here for it. <laughs> Every card changes history. Uh, and uh, history has been made. I'm, I'm just wow. I can't wait to see who everybody picked. Can't wait to see who was right, who was wrong, who gets to retain, or if there will be an and new Tapology Prediction Championship. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's going on? How's it going, man? Did you do this recap. Yeah, did you watch the whole card or just the main event? Who got down on the seven-hour event? I, I saw the prelims. I just didn't watch the early prelims, but I watched the, the regular prelims and the main card. Okay, cool. Ivan, you only watched the prelims. You didn't watch the main card? I, no, I watched the prelims <laughs> and I watched the main card. Awesome. Um, but the, pre, the, the prelims was awesome. I can tell you that right now, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it, I, I, I enjoyed it. That that all that could have been potential main cards, all of them, honestly. But it, yeah, at least, at, least on, at least on an ESPN card for sure. That's what yeah. I love. Is these ESPN cards are good enough to be prelims on pay per views and vice versa. Um, mm -hmm. Which is why I'm glad we have at least three different formats of UFC and MMA right now. We have pay per views, we have the Contender Series, we have Ultimate Fighter coming back. And we have the uh, ESPN pretty much free almost every single weekend. Um, and I watch all of it. I think most of us do. And just, yeah, I'm still in shock. I'm just like, wow. I, there's a lot of pieces shattered into a million. Just in 2020 is going to have, 2022 is going to have to pick them up. It's going to be wild. Let's yeah. get to the scores. Um, I have everybody's topology results. And <laughs> I am going to, I actually don't have Richards on here, brother. What'd you do? Yeah. You, not pick, you didn't put him in? No, I, what? Yeah, hey, I know, I know, I know. I was kicking myself when I was like, shoot, I forgot. I did mine like at it's the your fault, Ivan. <laughs> sure, blame Ivan. Guys, you're pressuring him. You gave him too much pressure. All right. No Richard backed out because he was scared. He didn't want to compete. Well, no, I'm scared he was scared. Family. You put too much pressure on him, Ivan, because you're like, oh, he needs to win. And he couldn't handle it. Ivan, that's the truth. He couldn't oh handle that. Oh, uh, really versus Randy, or was it, <laughs> Tito? was it Tito or Randy, where he didn't come out of the trailer for like twenty-five minutes? I think it was Tito. Yeah. Anyways, well then, on that note, I will start with the devious one, Ivan, who uh, mm -hmm. I have your scores right here, and let's just get down and dirty. Let me bring up the full screen. There we go. All right, man. So the main card started with Sean O'Malley versus uh, Raul and Paiva. You had picked Sean O'Malley by decision. Obviously, we got that KO in the first. Did you think Paivea was good enough to just withstand uh, 15 minutes, or Matt O'Malley just couldn't hang and had to with it, um, whittle out the, the D? Well, to be honest, I feel like this fight was uh, a, a, a challenge for Sean O'Malley because, you know, with, you know Paiva's a uh, you know, credentials that he has, and he's he, he's a great striker too. But I did, but I can tell you honestly, this this fight, Sean O'Malley outboxed him like I automatically, he, and he just he caught him clean, 
caught him clean with the hook, and I was just like, "Whoa!" I, it shocked me. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like already so early. <laughs> I didn't. I swear, I I, I expected a you know, Piva to put up a fight, but no, he got caught. He got caught. But you know, Maddie got him in the corner. Got a, he caught him, and that was it. That was a wrap, and and I was happy for you know for Sean. Yeah, that's why I I chose decision because I'm like, okay, maybe it's gonna be upcoming. You know, like it's it's gonna be um a challenge for for Sean. But unfortunately, it looks like it wasn't. So, you know, good for him. And I, and good for him. And I mean, hopefully, Pablo goes back on the drawing board and see what he, you know, his mistakes and then come back in the ranks. Cool, cool. Uh, I just opened up like so many windows just to keep up to date. <laughs> <laughs> Second fight of the main card, you had Cody Garbrandt versus Kai Car France. You had Kai Car France by TKO in round two. And that is. Pretty close to what happened. Uh, TKO in the first one for Kai. And uh, I forgot to hit that timer. So let's do that. Go for it. <laughs> uh, if it wants to. Yeah. Ah, fuck it. Just go. Well, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you know, Kai Kara, France. I mean, come on. You know, the guy is deadly, man. He's a very another upcoming individual. And I mean, it was expected, uh, especially Cody, you know, moving into that division for, you know, for the first time. Uh, it just, Co- Cody doesn't have a chin, man. It's just that he needs to. About if I was Garbon, I mean, I don't know what's he waiting for, but I think he, this he should hang him, hang those gloves because already it's about time. Kid's I mean, young, man. Kid's barely. I don't even think he's thirty. He I just guess. turned thirty this year. Yeah. Wow. But I, yeah, it's just that uh, you know the momentum is gone now, and and I it sucks, and especially he was trying to prove himself into this new weight class division. Uh, well, welcome to the fight with division, buddies. This is what happened. So, I mean, yeah, I want to talk, just, just throw this number out there right now. In the last uh five years, Cody Garbrandt is one win, five losses, four knockouts, one decision, all before his you know, roughly, roughly before his 30th birthday. Um, I mean, I'd have to go look and compare that to like early Alistair Overeem's record and see how he was doing around that age. Um, obviously at a much higher weight class at 205 for most of his career, but Cody might be considered the uh, lighter weight Alistair right now. Um, So a lot of questions, man. A lot of questions for that guy and a lot of questions for Kai Kai France. And we'll do our rankings prediction at the end of the show. So we can kind of see where people's trajectories are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Which is, I love doing that. Next fight you had, Jeff Neal over Santiago Ponzinibbio by decision. You got that perfect. You got that by decision, and that is exactly what happened. Oh man, Jeff Neal. You know, I was praying for him to actually to put up a put up a fight, which he did. You know, and I was it was I was shocking to me. You know, uh, you know Santiago. I know he had the second round, but after that, the third round, obviously Jeff took over, and it was I was happy for Neal to win, and I was, was close. It was yeah, it was close. It was pretty close the third round. Uh, the last part, you know, I got to give it to both of these individuals, but I'm glad that at least Neil got the win. He is not going to be cut, you know, <laughs> so that's the <laughs> one thing. At least he's staying. So good for him, and I was expecting him to improve and to win this fight, so I'm happy for Jeff. Cool, cool. Love that. <sighs> We're already at the co-main event of the night. <laughs> Motherfucker. We had Amanda Nunes versus Juliana, the Venezuelan Dixon Pena. You had Nunes by submission by round two. You were close. You were 50-50 right on that. Uh, we all know what happened. It went, the other, <laughs> it went the other direction. Talk to me about that 
very sound and rational logic you have behind that decision, my friend. When I saw that, and when I saw the that punch that Pena gave to Nunez, and then, oh, you mean that jab like Usman? Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> and then just had it on the ground. I'm like, I was like, holy shit, this is not happening right now. And I'm like, you know, I'm working, I'm watching, like, oh shit, oh, I just went fucking ballistic, and I couldn't believe she submitted. But you know what? I wish Coach was here on the show because he mentioned it last week on the prediction show. You know, that it basically, you know, Nunez, she's becoming more of a family person. And that this kind of affected her too. Uh, this is, I don't know, for me, this is my opinion. You know, everybody has their own opinion, but I didn't seem like to me she was really trying. I don't know, you know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm seeing something wrong, but. I don't feel like she was really trying on this fight. I think she's okay. I got this. I'll play with her the first round. I'll, you know, then second round, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get, I'll get into it, you know, into my momentum. But look, she got caught. She got caught. It's like losing didn't exist in her mind. Right. Exactly. And what? Look what happened. She got caught. And I mean, in in a way, sort of never should, but yeah. there's a realistic expectation that it could. Yeah, but it's almost like she underestimated her too, which that's a big no-no. You don't do that. Yeah, there, there's. I'll get to my talking points, but I'm not too far off of that theory. Yeah, no, but I, I agree. And then, you know, hopefully, with this loss for Nunez, gives her the fire that we want to see, like the old Nunez, like hungry, and just go and just full of rage and come back rematch, and you know, take the take the belt back. And I'm hoping I'm hoping this loss is a wake up call for her. I've been like, hey, you need to get your shit together and, you know, step it up again. Don't let the family, I mean, if you're going to be fighting in UFC, you cannot let the family get too much involved. You cannot let, you know, the, you know, the, the popularity get too much in your head. And that's what, what yeah. I feel like it would overwhelm her with that. And that's why she lost his fight. Right. Yeah, that could, I mean, that could be it. She did seem a little relieved at the end of it or just extremely humble. Um. I don't want to think that she was distracted. You know, we can compare something like that to like Woodley, where he definitely was overbooked outside of the octagon. I don't think that that was the case for her. Obviously, family is important. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I I have some theories, and uh, I'll get to them when it is my turn. (laughs) Main event of the night, Charlie Olives versus Dustin Diamond. I mean, the Diamond Poirier. Uh, You had Oliveira by decision. It went to two, I believe, and a submission for Oliveira. Talk about that decision. Oh, uh, not entirely unreasonable. Man. It went to three. Sorry, round three. Yeah. I was, I, you know, I'm, I was so happy that he, he won because now he proved himself now why he's a lightweight champion for a reason. So now, yeah. and especially beating a high caliber like Dustin Poirier and puts another in, in the books for Oliveira. And now he makes him the, you know, pound for pound, lightweight champion for sure. And it was scary. I'm going to lie. You know, it was kind of a scary moment because, you know, uh, you know, Dustin had his number for a bit, but obviously Oliveira came back and I was surprised. He hung on into that chokehold until you brought him down. And then I was, and I, it just shocked me. I was like, oh my God, I, I fucking like, ah, I lost it. I was just like, yes. And everybody's like, well, why are you so excited? A, a boy won. He proved himself. He proved himself. I told you. I told you, Alex, he's going to prove himself. He didn't believe me. <laughs> he deserves to be the lightweight champion. And that's why he is a pound-for-pound pound lightweight champion, brother. That's why. Mm, I don't know about that. 
Oh, here you we don't go. think he's a pound for pound lightweight champ? No. Whoa. For pound for pound, number one? No way. Lightweight champion right now? Yeah, but he said pound for pound number one, right? Or are you, are you saying lightweight? He said, he said pound for pound lightweight. He he, he he's taking it from. Yeah, oh, he's no, taking, my, he's no, taking no, it no. from like interim to undisputed. Oh, okay, no, yeah, yeah. which is I thought you meant like pound for pound rankings. Right. I mean, technically, he is the best lightweight in the world. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool, man. Appreciate that. So Ivan, you had eleven of fourteen correct, starting off hot with a total of six hundred and sixty-six points. Damn, that's not bad, bro. That's pretty good. That, obviously, that counts all the prelims that we don't talk about because it's an only an hour long show. Uh, I ain't running no three hour Chell Sunning podcast over here. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go with the next on the board with some actual scores. Let's go with Alex. I have your card pulled up right here. And Damn. that's too bad we can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, man, I get lazy sometimes. It's a lot of graphical work. OBS is kind of, you know, I got so much time in the day, but you can trust that these are correct. I'm not lying to you. No, well, I, I, well I'm pretty sure you're saving the winner for last when it comes to <laughs> No, I'm only going last because I'm defending, uh, you know, like the final walkout. But oh, you, don't no. always, you, know, you know what I'm saying? All right, man. First fight of the night, uh, Sean O'Malley versus Riven Paiva. You had O'Malley, just like Ivan, TKO round two, got stopped in the first with a flurry and a layup or jump shot. I don't know. Basketball's weird. Uh, <laughs> talk about that fight for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think we all agreed. I think Pybos is, like, his toughest test, in my opinion, besides Marlon. Um, on on paper, I definitely think so. Yeah. And Pybos and Pybo was on a winning streak. I mean, he was beating some tough guys. I mean, I think he even had, like, his last win was over Kyler Phillips, which Kyler is, to me, I think he's a really – tough lightweight and Pipe, you know, made it look kind of easy. And, and O'Malley, man, it's just a stand-up. It's just getting better and better and better and better every single time he fights. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. He's so fast and you just don't know what he's going to throw and he mixes it up so well. And I just, Pipe just didn't have an answer. And I don't think Pipe has ever fought a guy like O'Malley. So when you see, when you fight someone, and you're seeing something new for the first time. It's like, wait, whoa, shoot, where is this coming from? Where's that kick coming from? Where's that knee coming from? Where's that punch? And, you know, knocked him on the first round. That was, that's all she wrote. That is exactly all she wrote uh, with style points for sure. Love. I mean, I do appreciate how humble O'Malley can be in his post fights. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously he does his podcast where he just talks all the shit in the world. <laughs> so I'm excited to see some highlights on his Instagram about this one. Um, you know, that's kind of what he does is he plays the nice guy in the ring and then goes and full Connors it up online. And, you know, that's what the kids today do. It's what works. That's what we're talking about them. Uh, next fight of the night was Jeff Neal, or sorry, Cody Garbrandt, Kaikara France. Again, you had Kaikara by TKO in round two. Uh, it happened in round one. Talk about that. Yeah, uh, Kai, uh, man, Kaikara France, his stamp is really good too. And I just knew if there were, I mean, if they were going to slug it out, I think Kara had that advantage because I don't think he's taken enough damage as much as Cody Garbrandt has. And the fact is, is that it's a good one for Kara France. Obviously, it's a good name for his resume. He moves up in the rankings. But then also the other side of Garbrandt, it's kind of it's one of those things that's kind of very, very sad to see, to see him fight. And he gets – and we know how talented he is. You know he's a former world champion. And you can't even beat the top five guys or the top 10 guys in, in the world anymore, which is kind of 
sad to see. And the only thing I would like to see Garbrandt is, and it, and, and Rage said this last time, and it's true what he, what he, what he said is that he, he splits his camps. So he splits with Mark Henry and Team Alpha Male. And when you have two coaches that don't even, that, that don't work together, it's kind of, you know, one guy saying this one thing, one, one guy saying this thing, and it's very confusing. If you're a fighter, it's very confusing to who to listen to because you have one right. head coach, you have another head coach. And I think for now, I just think he's, he's going to have to really change his whole training camp, and I think he's going to have to change styles, honestly. You can't brawl like that anymore. You chain can't take it. You got to fight a safer way, more defensive, move your head, a lot of defense and to his style, because I just think right now, brawling just not working out for him. You know, like he said, he's one in five. And I just, it's just, he's, he's really got to evaluate everything and go back to, and just change everything. In my opinion, I would like to see him fight maybe one more, but if he loses, I think. Do you like him at 25 or do you want him to go back up to 35? I think he should go back. Back to 35? Think, yeah. I, I think that's yeah. where his power is. There was a lot of complimentary things said about how well his weight cut went and how good he looked, and he was able to walk around and flex. I thought he looked worse than Connor did when Connor was cutting yeah. down to 45. Mm. I thought his cheekbones looked sucked in. I thought he looked weak. Um, obviously, I'm not a fighter. Um, I know Cody doesn't really have much of a wrestling background, so I don't know how intuitive his body is to weight cutting, considering that this is 10 more pounds off of 40, 145 or off of 135. So that's roughly 10% of his body weight. And I'm sure he was cutting a little bit to get to 35, but now he's cutting an additional 10 pounds. And that's, I mean, on a small frame like that, and they're still doing it the day before weight. Like, you know, like, I don't know if your fat and water and tissue has enough time to recover to protect yeah. triggers and targets. You know, like, that seems like it makes sense that if you diminish the, you know, the defenses in the organs alone, that you're just more compromised when you're, you know, his cheekbones were just like, really bad and again what do i know when the commentary team especially joe rogan were like oh cody you look great wins and blah blah blah. i'm like all right i didn't think so but cool yeah i mean <laughs> i like our friends i mean oh yeah i love it. almost guess... everybody at uh, city kickboxing right now like i can't think of anyone imagine, I, like. I can just imagine... only name like three people <laughs> but imagine the future though like him against moreno oh mm, oh yeah at the post fight uh the someone had brought up to dana that they said that kai Kara is not going to fight anyone unless it's for a title fight and you know dana kind of scoffed that off because i know that um you know number six right now is brandon boy val and i think Kai lost to brandon uh in one of his yeah, yeah like two fights ago so i don't think that beating cody's first you know i don't yeah. think a win over cody who's a former champion another he's a couple more yeah yeah like that's not title fight worthy in my opinion no. cody's a great fighter maybe this is back up at 35 for sure, but there's literally five guys ahead of you. And uh I mean, maybe don't sit out, you know, the next year, um, unless you can negotiate unless you got exactly. like yeah. I mean he's he's saying that unless because he, you know he has that win over Brandon this way. I mean that's what no, he lost to Brandon though. No Moreno. No, he lost to he lost to both Brandons. He lost to both to Brandon Royvale and to Moreno. Did he lose to him? I thought he what did he, he lost? Yeah, he lost to both oh, Brandons. Yeah. Oh, no. oh no, you're right, you're right, you're right. And I'm he's sure. only on a two fight winning streak. One of those is a debuting in the division who's already on a one in five losing okay. streak. So, no, I do not absolutely think that that's close to being title shot worthy. No, um, good performance. Definitely should put him in the top five. Only problem is Royvale is number five right now according to the rankings, yeah. which are updated as of today. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I see Sean. Sean O'Malley debuted at thirteen. So these we these rankings are as of post fight. Um, so we're we're pretty good on that. Mm. 
All right. Co-main event. Actually, no, sorry. Ponzinibbio versus Jeff Neal. Yeah, Ponzinibbio, TKO round two. Not impossible due to the tactical knockout knockout (laughs) artist. With a lot of power, Jeff Neal got the D, though. So uh, talk us through that one. First off, I think if if anyone should get a a bonus is Jeff Neal's head coach. Because, geez, the motivation on that yeah. speech. I mean, geez, I would have loved for have a coach like that if I was in high school. I mean, but, geez, the way he pumped them up and just finished that third round on top, and it was just awesome to see. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I thought Ponsonu was going to win. I just thought he had enough power to – honestly, I think he, he has enough power to knock on anyone. Uh, but Jeff is so tough. And I, he could tell, like, if Neil would have lost, I think he would have been released, and he was fighting for his job. Um, and he shouldn't, he, yeah, that would have been three in a row, but to be fair, the other two losses, I mean, high level, yeah, high top, yeah, contenders, yeah, but yeah, probably the way the way that the influx of new and old fighters coming and going, three would have probably been it in that division because there's no lack of talent in that division right now, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it just showed how much heart Neil has, you know, and uh, it's a good win for him. And uh, can we, you know, his next fight because if he's gonna bring that much, you know, energy and heart to his next fight, I think he, you know. He's a very dangerous fighter to be fighting, so I definitely can't wait for his next fight. And sitting Ponzinibbio, too. I yeah. mean, like I said, it was a close fight. I don't think it was a terrible performance. Each, yeah, it could have gone – some people, they thought Ponzinibbio even won that fight. So, yeah. you know, you know, we'll see for both these guys because, you know, they're both exciting. And, uh, yeah, can we – Yeah, uh, and I mean, if Ponzinibbio is only like – let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's won eight of his last ten. That's – yeah. He's in no, he's in, his job is in no way in jeopardy. In yeah. Co main event of the night, you had the lioness Amanda Nunes by TKO. Or, <laughs> I think we all um, had Nunes, honestly. Um, again, not an irrational thought process behind that, but let's hear it. Let's hear your thoughts on that. That banger, I just guess. I guess the only way to uh, to beat Nunez is to have a chin pretty much because Nunez hit over everything and did not put Pena down. Um, you know, the fact that the jab was so key, the jab was just it was just on point. There was no head movement on Nunez. It was surprising because, like, in the second, it was the second round, right? That she finished her. Yes. It was crazy because, like, it was almost like Nunez was slowing down, and she was pretty much tired and gassed out, which was crazy to kind of see. Um, but Pena was looking good throwing the jab and just just it's crazy just watching. She was just throwing whatever she could just land, and she was landing all the punches. And it uh, looked good. She took it down. And, uh, you know, it was, oh, man, it was awesome to see. Uh, definitely a great uh, upset. Probably one of the best upsets, probably. I mean, it would probably be up there with Sarah and St. Pierre or Holly Holm and Rousey. Um, maybe even. That wasn't an upset if you watched <laughs> MMA and kickboxing. It's only an upset in the, it's only an upset in the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, if people were paying attention, that Holly Holm upset, not an upset. That was exactly how that fight should have happened a thousand well, out of yeah. a thousand times. Yeah, ten out of ten times, that's how that fight happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just I'm proud. I, I mean, as big of an Indian fan as I am, yeah. yeah, me too. I'm like, that was a performance. It was no mistakes were made by Pena. Especially um, that moment of her and Kiesa. They had backstage. Oh, I'll talk about that. Yeah, I, I know some down and down low dirt about that whole thing. I got a couple of random facts about um, the end of that fight. I'd love to talk about when it's uh, my turn. And the main event, you had Poirier by TKO round two. 
not crazy, man. Guy's got hands. We saw what he's done to, to Connor and other people that stand with him. But uh, it's not what happened that night. We had Oliveira yeah. by sub round two. So tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just in the beginning, it was going Poirier's way. I thought it was for sure win. Just like I thought Chandler, too. You know, both both of them were beating Oliver in the beginning, and somehow Oliver wins at the end. And it's you know, I don't know what it is. I just I just think he just has a lot of heart, and he's just a real warrior, and he'll find a way to survive and then finish you, which is crazy. Because one minute he's it looks like he's out, and then he taps you out, and he's a champ still. So it's yeah. you know, it's crazy to see. But honestly, I don't think it was Oliver's best performance. Uh, I think if he does that, really, with even that first he, round, when Oliver was getting lit up, he was getting lit up from standing in Dustin yeah, Hart, raining elbows for up. like four and a half minutes. Well, Poirier was beating him up for maybe in the stand-up. Two, I'm talking about for, stand-up, for two, like for boxing, two minutes the first round. Yeah. Him. yeah, that's all. But I almost consider that like a ten, eight and a half round for Oliver based on just that guard game where you well, know, yeah. But I'm just saying, if he does that with Gaethje, he can't do that with Gaethje. I think Gaethje, if Gaethje lands, he'll knock him out. Yeah, but MMA match, you know, Poirier knocked out Gaethje. Yeah. But so, Gaethje's I mean, changed from that, though. MMA math doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> I know MMA math doesn't work. That's it why I work. said it. <laughs> <laughs> my, favorite, my, favorite, my favorite case for MMA math is Ronda beat Tate, Tate beat Holly, Holly beat Ronda, Nunes beat them all. <laughs> it's like it clearly doesn't work when you have that cyclical you know and then Pena beat Nunez but Shevchenko beat Pena but then Nunez beat (laughs) Shevchenko it's like no it does not work at all completely uh false all right so let's go with uh let's go with Mr. I didn't put my scores in Richard I don't know what you picked so just talk about the first night you got I don't know who you picked for the um, uh, for uh, that, for O'Malley and Paiva, for O'Malley, yeah, Paiva. yeah, I picked Paiva, Paiva. Yeah, I thought you know he was well rounded enough and had enough experience to at least go to the decision. I think most of his wins are by decision, so I'm like, yeah, I think he'll take it, maybe in the, in the later rounds, maybe the second, third round, and get enough, you know, to beat O'Malley. But right, I mean, we know how good this guy is, and he's getting better and better. And even Dana confirmed that his contract is ended, so now I think they're going to renew it. And he's gonna get paid and get better fighters. Give him Mally. It's like okay, I think I'm proving myself. I want to fight better contenders and get you know in line at a championship shot. So hopefully soon. I mean, he's a real deal. I mean, I, I kind of a guy like you want to say like you love to hate. Yeah, I love to hate him, but I mean, he's proving himself every fight. I'm so, back and forth. Like I said, I like it when he's in the ring, but then when, when I watch his sound bites on his podcast, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> my like, god damn it. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, man. Now I don't know what to feel. Now I don't know what to feel. Now I don't know if I'm going to Cody brought Garbrandt versus Kai Kara France. Who'd you pick and talk about what actually happened? Uh, Kai France, I believe I had Kai France by this decision. Uh, I think just Garbrandt, um, some fights change you and you're not, not the same and he's just never really recovered. I'm trying to think of like, I was, while you guys were talking, I was thinking of fighters that kind of like peaked maybe too early or around like 30 or 31 years old that just went downhill. Like, Example, I would say be BJ Penn. I mean, BJ Penn's last one was like 2010. He was like 31. And ever since then, he just went on a losing streak. Another guy that was a top, not as a champion, but a top contender was Melvin Gullard. Oh, was, yeah. You know, I mean, he had a his head got to him. Oh, yeah. And then he just hasn't been the same at 30. His last big one was probably when he was like 30, 31. And after that, 
he just was on a losing streak of I don't know how many matches at this point. I mean, he's lost like what the last six fights, and then he's lost in bare knuckle fighting. I mean, he, the guy just can't catch a break and want to fight. Yeah. And uh, I just hope he doesn't head to that point where he's just trying to fight and you know trying to get some quick paydays. I don't think he's going to do that, but I really don't know. I mean, maybe he just needs a break and maybe comes back in a couple of years. I mean, he just needs that. I, I mean, he's still a young fighter. Like you were saying, he's only 30 years old. Yeah, this year. I mean, I mean, what do you do? I, mean, I don't really know what to do. I got I got one for you because uh, I like to call TJ Dillashaw the soul taker. Um, we saw what happened to Henan Burrell after he got in the ring with TJ. Mm-hmm. It was never the same. Same thing exact happened. He lost like nine out of his last ten all before the, you know, a like very young age. Um, I'm sure yeah. late 20s, early 30s at best before that streak started. Yeah. Um, TJ obviously coincidentally maybe did the same thing to Car- to Garbrandt. He's gotten his head. Um, Cody could just, I don't think mentally can get out of that rut, which mm-hmm. again, I'll talk about when it's my minute. So, mm-hmm. um, Ponzinibbio versus Jeff Neal. Uh, Ponzinibbio, I had him, uh, actually winning, uh, by decision. I thought Ponzinibbio was, was going to do enough to beat Neal, but you can't count him out. I mean, it was a very close fight. Obviously it was a split decision. Uh, Alex and I were excited watching, you know, his coach kind of, you know, lit a fire in his butt did enough in the third round to take it. So, I mean, hats off to Jeff Neal. Yeah, definitely the keep my job performance for sure. Yeah. For sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just some fights are just like that. We've seen that plenty of times. Oh, right? like, yeah, we yeah. talk about like if they lost this one, they would have been in Bellator or, you know, bare knuckle or something like that. Yeah. Cause they, uh, you, don't, you don't, you don't want the next day, you know, word of the day is J O B. You go out there and look yeah. for a job. Yeah, right. I hate when I wake up on Monday and I see 14 fighters released. You know, like, I mean, I get it. At least it makes sense. It's not like when Vince just cuts his entire roster. But with fighters, again, it's just like, damn, who was it? And I have to go look, you know, go look up why or, you know, be like, oh, that makes sense, whatever. Or who? Um, Come in event of the night, Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I think everyone had Nunes winning. Um, I'll be a liar if everyone's like, oh, I had a feeling she was going to win, you know, uh, but Pena had a chance. I thought really early in her career, uh, she was doing well. I, everyone knows that, you know, she came out out of the ultimate fighter and then he had some mm-hmm. injuries in camps. I think, I don't know if you know that, you know, during one of her camps, she got injured by one of her teammates and she was sidelined for a while. She fought like once a year. And then she but, I mean, um, she got into a situation. I believe this is her. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up. I believe she got into a physical altercation with one of yes. her coaches. And police were called because she fucked them up. And she got kicked out of her gym and had to find a new gym. I do believe that was Juliana Pena. Yeah. Something like that. I I, yeah. swore they, I remember Dana said that it was some, like, goofball training partner like, that jumped on her back. And like she like injured her leg or something. Yeah, like that. I mean like there was she, like a lot of but, jealousy on that camp from what I yeah. was reading. And she got the hell out of that camp and looking that up right now because it. yeah, she's so that's, young, exactly, right? that's exactly <laughs> those stories are the same story. So some dude tried to be a little baller on her, fucked up her knee. Yeah. I think police were called. I think she left that gym. Uh, I don't know whose decision that was. Um, hopefully. It was hers because you don't want to be rolling with dudes who can fuck up permanent injuries. Obviously, it was like her knee. Um, sounds like assault to me, but how do you consider it assault in the gym? That's like her quote. Like, yeah, like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. 
<laughs> um, and then obviously she had a kid, you know, she had a daughter who we saw ringside with her, which was an awesome moment because she is um, now the first biologically given birth mother champion in UFC. You know, all respect to Amanda Nunes. Moms or moms are all appreciated. Pena just had to separate the biological birth versus adopted birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't really care if there's a difference at all, but that was a point she had to make. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, for sure. It was, it was a great moment, especially Misha Tate was there too. That, that, oh, that gosh, was she was freaking out. And I know why too. Misha yeah. Tate has like three reasons to freak out. <laughs> she coached her ultimate fighter. She yeah. by proxy got the revenge because, you know, Amanda Nunes lost her belt to Misha Tate. Or we should take lost Manny Nunes. Um, yeah, I I, I, oh, I hate that feeling where like someone's like, oh, you beat someone who beat me. I'm gonna cheer for you. Like I get it because you mm-hmm. couldn't get the job done. Um, but yeah, obviously she also was her coach and also the fighter. So that's definitely a proud moment for um, the Pacific Northwest where uh, they're both from. Actually, I think Misha yeah. was on Team Quest around the same time Pena was coming up. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's all, it's all cyclical, man. MMA math, it works. <laughs> <laughs> and then the main event, actually, no, you didn't get to talk about like what happened in the fight. So like, as you're watching it and then it happens, oh, yeah. what's going through your mind? I think uh, we're just, Alex and I were, were there with friends and all saying the same thing, just waiting for one of them to fall because they were just throwing straight punches, trying to knock out each other. Uh, scares me because I, I was just thinking, man, if Pena, like, I don't know. I just feel like maybe the key to beat Nunes was just to have, you know, a strong chin and survive the barrage of punches in the first round and see if the tank, the gas tank kind of empties out where Nunes's power and her arms kind of die out, which I thought they kind of did. And then we found out, you know, how good Pena's ground game was where she could secure the takedown and eventually get the rear naked choke, which happened. But other than that, I mean, I, Nunes will be back for sure. She'll bounce back. I just yeah. now like thinking I'm just thinking right away okay who's next for Pena unless to do a rematch clause I don't know if you could I see that happening or uh I mean I watched the I watch every post fight for pay-per-views so I got mm-hmm. you know some talking points to make so we can definitely get around to that yeah. main event Poirier versus Oliveira who did you have how did you how did it go down in your this, mind this one I actually did I remember uh Ivan was like what like I had Oliver winning by uh, submission, I would say second, third round. I just had a feeling like he's going to submit Purr. I think we saw with Purr when he fought uh, Kibbe where he gets frustrated, and I felt like Oliver was going to do that, where he's going to frustrate him and get in his guard or full mount and just get the rear naked choke. I pictured it. I didn't picture him standing and jumping on his back. He's done so quick. Before. It was so. It was almost as if Charlie was fighting me and I was in the cage. He just walked over <laughs> and he was like, hey, how you doing? He just... <laughs> <laughs> He just, I don't, know if a, I don't know if a fucking jab was thrown to close the distance. He just walked over to him, turned him around, and put the one hook in. And I was like, oh, cool. It. it was so easy. And not that it's easy to do. It's no. fucking decades of training. Oh, he just yeah. makes it look easy. Yeah. He, for sure. He just makes it. And that's what people might, I mean, a new fan might see it. Like, oh, man, a poor guy just let it happen. Like, no, when you're that good, it looks easy. When it, I mean, this guy, Oliveira, has grown as, a kid in the UFC to like literally now a man in the UFC becoming champion. And he's such a different fighter from 10 years ago when he fought Frankie Edgar, where he's getting out wrestled and everyone thought, oh man, this guy's a legit black belt and couldn't do anything off his back. Yeah, from I Edgar. still remember the Cub Swanson fight where he just barely yeah. tagged him and he dropped from like a right hook. I was just, yeah. you know, Charlie Olive is never on my radar. It's much like mm-hmm. uh, with, with Rafael Dos Anjos. You know, you yeah. think of Rafael Dos Anjos, 
I'm still seeing that uppercut from Jeremy Stevens in his like first or second mm-hmm. fight. I still see that. And then cut to, you know, he's the lightweight champion, flying knees and shit like that. I'm like, I love seeing the evolution like that, especially these guys who it's taken literally 10, 11 years for, you know, Mm -hmm. Bisbing, for Charlie Oliveira, um, Pena, like this super long, almost 10 years in, not only in the business, but in the UFC, not counting their UFC career. Like I want to do a segment where it's longest and most like the longest and most fights from your first UFC debut to a title fight. And this has to be up there. Him is being definitely, I think he's probably number one, maybe number two. Um, but just the wherewithal to just keep going and to see it. And it finally clicks, you know? Yeah. Like we saw what he did to Tony Ferguson. We thought no one was ever going to do that to him, including yeah. someone as good as Charlie Olives, who already had the sub record, you know, before, I think he got the record for most subs before that Tony Ferguson fight. Mm-hmm. No, he did. I mean, it's just like you said. Per- you said it perfectly. To see how this guy evolved, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah. I'm just now. I'm just getting tired of people underestimating him. I think Gaethje still kind of underestimates him. I think he said something. Correct me if I'm wrong. That oh, he's great. It was I, you know, awesome to see him fight. But now after seeing this, now I know it could really hurt this guy and kill him. And I'm like, stop underestimating this guy. I mean, Oliveira is the real deal. And the only thing that was worried me, I thought he was going to get knocked out. I just think he didn't do a lot of head movement, kind of came in forward. But I think he wasn't maybe a threatened with Dustin's uh, power. I think he knew, like, I could take some to give some back and hopefully get the submission, which worked out. But other than that, this is an awesome win. Yeah. Um, Gatesby is obviously next. Can't wait for that fight. That's definitely going to be oh, sometime yeah. next year, probably in the <clears throat> closer to summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to see right now Charlie Oliveira has fought – Two times in 2020, two times this year. So that's four fights in two years. That's every six months. So yeah, give him, yeah. give him another four to six. Give him six months off. I wouldn't be mad at That'd that. Be I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be like, oh, he's not defending his title. I'm like, nah. Guy's been grinding. I look at his record right now, and he's fought at least once every year. Oh, at least yeah. actually what twice every year for fucking his whole life. Basically, it looks like. How old was he when he debuted? Uh, well, he's twenty one. Let me do some MMA math. He is 32 right now. <laughs> And he debuted in the UFC in 2010, so 11 years ago. Yeah, roughly 21. Oh, wow. He beat Darren Elkins to damage in 41. Crazy. I remember that fight. Holy shit. I remember when he beat Efren Escudero. He beat him with that standing yeah. naked choke. Jesus yeah. Christ. And then I remember Jim Miller getting him in with a knee bar. I was like, what the yeah. <laughs> Like, I remember the illegal. I remember all of these fights. I remember the illegal knee from Nick Lentz because he bounced yes. up off the cage and he came back. Yeah, do you remember all of this shit, dude? Wild. I just got to say thanks to Oliveira and thanks to Nunes, I mean, Pena for winning me 180 bucks. I didn't make my picks, but I did make my picks on a, on a bet. So I'm glad that I picked Pena and Oliveira for sure. Yeah. How about that guy who put 300K on Nunes and lost? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dude, you know if he had put that down on 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 Pena, he would have won like oh one point three million dollars. Yeah. It would have been crazy, crazy shit, dude. Jeez, I can't believe that. Wow. Yeah, that's just Jesus. I just I can't even fathom what that looks like. <laughs> All right, and now on to the reigning, defending, possibly and new topology champion. Pulling my scores up right now. Uh, I had to stay away, obviously, as you guys know, from most of these fights because I was on stage during the main event. I leave the entire main card basically. I was at the venue, so I had to get home or to the motel in Kalamazoo. 
at like 2 a.m. Watched and just I had to watch just the main card and skip through all the walkouts and the talking because 4 a.m. Okay, <laughs> so this is gonna be a very interesting uh, breakdown right here because you guys are going to uh, really give it to me on this. All right, <clears throat> I had uh, versus Sean O'Malley versus Riven Paiva. I had Paiva TKO round two. Uh, I looked I looked at his or actually round one I think. No, yeah, round one. I looked at his record. I liked it. Uh, he was 21 and three at the time of the fight. Uh, four knockouts, three submissions, 14 decisions. I don't know if it's a matter of rooting against O'Malley, wanting to wanting him to lose, and then trying to manifest destiny and make it happen. But I just I liked Paiva's demeanor. You know, I liked the way that he was not getting razzled by the dazzle of Sean O'Malley. Uh, the weigh-ins, he was focused. He didn't seem to really be playing into the mind games. Um, he had a good story behind him and had been winning, you know, three of his last three of his fights prior to that. One of those was a KO and then two decisions. I, I thought it would happen. Uh, obviously did not. It was competitive up until the last 20 seconds of that fight where O'Malley cracked him and then threw down with a sick combo, uh, mixing in hooks with body shots and just folding him up into himself. Um, obviously Sean O'Malley got to rank 13. I do kind of like that Dana did say he is taking his time with Sean. He does not want to overproduce contenders for him, but I am curious what contender is going to give him more problems. I can look at the rankings um, and they are, where do you go? Sean's at 13, a Sunsau's at 12, Frankie Edgar, Pedro Munoz, Marlon Marais, Marlon Vera, that rematch. I mean, I think Marlon Vera deserves okay. better than that. I think maybe Vera should get Cruz and Sean O'Malley might get a sunset out. Oh, God, I didn't fucking knock him the fuck out in that one too. <laughs> so I don't know what the future holds for Sean O'Malley. Hopefully it's good things. Um, I'll try to get over the character of him online because I do appreciate his in-ring performances. They are fun. I wouldn't be surprised if they put him with Edgar. I yeah, know, right? that would I be, that'd that'd be, be so dude. Sean O'Malley is like 6'1", 135, and Frankie Edgar's like one foot five. It's, that's not good. <laughs> uh cody garbrandt versus kai car friends i had garbrandt by decision i thought the tactical garbrandt that showed up versus dominic cruz was going to show up in this fight i figured that he wasn't going to do exactly the thing that leads to his knockouts and he did everything that leads to his knockouts including getting knocked out getting up and then doing this shit and then immediately getting knocked out again and right after <laughs> like I'm not a professional of any kind of mental health. I've noticed that Cody does have a bit of an anger problem and he does get his, his emotions get the best of him anywhere he goes. Uh, Ultimate fighter. If you watch watch weigh-ins, if you watch backstage, watch embedded. Yeah. I thought the entire story. (laughs) I thought the entire story of his embedded was just going to be him and Sean O'Malley finding each other, talking shit. Because that essentially would have been the fight had Cody won, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, he just he gets mad. He doesn't. He just because Dominic never tagged him in that fight. I don't think he ever had to revert to being angry and fighting that way. But he definitely did in this fight, and it led to another knockout loss. And I don't know if he needs to retire, but he definitely needs to again rethink a lot of things. Um, I have no idea what's next for him. Five and one all knockouts except for one, which was a decision loss. Wild. Um, for Kai, rematch with Brendan Royval probably makes enough sense because he wants that spot. Royval's at five. He's at six. Why not? I would like to see him fight Marias. 
I think that'll be a good fight. Uh, except Mariah is just like ring number twelve right now, I believe. Really? Nine. Mariah's is nine. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kai, where Kai's down one weight class too. I think one of them went up, one of them went down. Is that correct? Marlon Mariah's is at someone switched to thirty-five, and uh, Roy, or uh, Kai Kara Francis is at thirty-five. So mm-hmm. the only people ahead. Okay, so there's Brandon Royval, Alex Perez, Pantoja, Askar Askarov, Davidson Figueroa. The champ Brandon Moreno. So, yeah, any one of those top five, except for Davidson, uh, I think are open right now. So Kai can take any one of them, or he can sit out a year and not get a title fight. Basically, that's how I'm looking at it. Mm. No, but I mean, uh, like Cody should fight Marias, Cody Garbrandt. So should, should Cody go back up to 40, 35 and then take that fight? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. Marias is kind of like in the same level, too. I mean, I know he has a few losses in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, he didn't look, in my opinion, at the way in. That's just me, though. What do I know? I'm not some. I've never cut weight in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff Neal versus Ponzinibbio. I had this. I had the Chili Assassin. You know, whatever is what's his nickname, <laughs> Ponzinibbio, by <laughs> KO Round One because that's not a crazy. I think he's Argentinian, not, isn't he? Argentinian. Argentinian. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. My bad. The Argentinian the dagger. Argentine dagger. Yeah. Argentine <laughs> dagger. That's a lot of silver. <laughs> Uh, I had him by KO round one because he does win that way a lot. He has 15 knockouts, six subs, seven decisions. Uh, that just made a lot of sense to me. It's not to me irrational or crazy, uh, but it was wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a keeper job fight for Jeff Neal. I can't wait to see what's next for him as far as Ponzinibbio goes. Um, if he is ranked, let me close that article. That was at uh, 85. He is not ranked if that was at 85. No, he's, that's a light heavyweight. He's 14, so he's probably going to switch spots. I think he's going to probably come down to 15. Um, I don't think that Jeff Neal is breaking top 10 with that one. Um, Kazmaier Shmaev's ahead of him. Goddamn, Kazmaier's only 11, and he's already getting title shots, allegedly, um, at some point soon. Wild. Fucking wild. <laughs> Co-main event of the night. Let's keep it going. I had Nunes, KO round one. Not crazy. Could have happened. Good round for her. Um, Takedown, some smashing, uh, complete and utter dominance. A uh, couple of chuckles, couple of smiles when she got up out of that uh, that round, though. And in hindsight, watching that, you're like, that might have been uh, the kiss of death right there. Was the uh, was the the overconfidence in that? What happened in the second round? I think was obviously Nunez wasn't expecting to not only get hit but to get hit and stung with a jab and to get it repeatedly. I think Pena wasn't even planning on it being that effective, but as soon as the first two landed and she started throwing those rights in, I think she was like, oh, this is working? Let me just spam these jabs. And it worked. I think um, Nunez's original perception was her gas tank was bad. Her first couple of losses, people were you know criticizing her gas tank. That hasn't been the case at all. But I do think, obviously, let me know when you get punched, your energy meter goes down. I think it just got jabbed down to zero. Um, wild exchanges kind of reminded me of Paul Kelly versus Paul Taylor from UFC, like, 69 Bedlam. Holy shit, I think that's actually what that was, where they just <laughs> started throwing bolos, uh, just hooks left and right. And I don't think Nunez was expecting it. I don't think Pena was expecting it either. And she just put her pedal to the metal. Um 
And the take, obviously Pena is good on the ground at the takedown to the sub. I don't think that the choke was death. I think that Nunez knew that she just didn't have the energy to fight it and tapped before it got worse. Yeah. Um, it was a very quick tap. Uh, I just think that she just didn't have the energy to fight. I don't even think she had her hooks in. No, she definitely didn't. She had it more like a bulldog, but you know, from the back yeah. she was on, I think she had, she was on the side. Definitely. I just think that Nunez knew that I can't get out of this, so why make it worse? Um, obviously, she got up and seemed a little relieved, at, at least humble. Um, I know when Matt Hughes lost in exactly that same fashion, getting rocked on the feet and then subbed by rear naked choke versus BJ Penn in their first fight, then Matt said, man, what a relief, because it's so much harder to have a target on your back than to be the hunter. Um, she can relax now, at least, I guess. That might be the shining, you know, the silver, silver lining on that, that dark cloud. But that fight shouldn't have gone that way. There's, there's no way that that fight that I'm proud of Pena. Uh, I didn't pick her to win. I'm a huge fan. She's never shown me anything in her entire career that showed me that that's the person to be Nunez, unfortunately, but she did it. And in the post fight, she said that she now kind of has the pick of the litter. She can go up to 45 and challenge Nunez. She can stay at 35 and get the rematch there. She can go down and fight Shevchenko or she can invite Shevchenko back up. Those are the four fights that she wants. Um, she also kind of wants to rematch against Jermaine Durandamy. I think she just wants to get all of her rematches knocked back off and justified. Um, I think the rematch versus Nunez is what's going to make the most sense for everybody financially um, mm -hmm. and career-wise. Um, yeah, wow. Just wow. Wow. Definitely an upset <laughs> for sure. Definitely an upset. I still think Sarah versus GSP because of the fashion that went down. And then, obviously, the Holly Holm-Ronda Rousey match, not an upset if you paid attention. Main event. I had somebody winning. Who did I have winning? Where did it go? I had Poirier by TKO round three. Again, I don't think that was crazy. I think he's that good on the feet. But Oliveira is just that good everywhere else. Um, obviously, it may have been smart that Poirier stayed in guard and did not try to advance position by giving up his hips. Um, he said in the post fight that he knew that if he had moved anywhere, but where he was in that guard position that uh, Oliveira would have just smashed through and got into a better position. And he'd rather have been defending elbows and submissions at that point. Um, survived the first round, got to reset in round two, and it was just worse. Uh, Oliveira just basically walked over to him and said, let me have your neck and took it. And is still undisputed light heavyweight champion, lightweight champion. He didn't put on hundred pounds. <laughs> Um, yeah, obviously Gaethje's next for Oliveira, and I have no idea what's next for Poirier. He's probably going to take a break off. This is his third fight this year and probably, like, his 10th fight in three years. Um, I have no idea who would be next for him. It's, I mean, basically, if you look at the rankings, it might just all be rematches unless he wants someone outside the top 10. Um, I mean, Chandler maybe, Benil, Benil's on his way up. Maybe Dos Anjos. Ferguson, like he already beat Dan Hooker, so it's anyone ranked above Poirier makes sense. It's just a matter of how much time he wants to take off because he definitely deserves it. I want to, I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to ask no, I'm, I'm pretty much done with, with the card. I just have, you know, some other tidbits to go over. Now, like this fight's not going to happen. Now, it'll just be a fantasy fight because even Oliveira ruled out, like, I'm not talking about him if he's not going to come back. But now, seeing how great Oliveira is in his recent fight, how would he do if right now Khabib came back? Well, that's you know, a, that I mean, that's, that's, that's a question I would love to have answered. You know, there's Oliver so many wins. Really? Ooh. 
Who wins, Oliveira? I think he submits him. You think he submits Khabib? I would love that. I would um, stop watching MMA forever if that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> so much I would love it. I'd be like, okay, I've seen everything I ever wanted to see. There we go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's weird because I still consider Oliveira as someone who doesn't need to take much damage to be dropped from strikes, but here he is on a 10-fight winning streak against strikers. So yeah. I don't know, man. Like, they're both tactical. I mean – Khabib kind of reminds me a little bit of Frank Mir in the sense that he's technique and horsepower. He puts um, a lot of strength into his submissions. Like, you're just like, wow. Where Oliveira is a little slicker. Um, I flip a coin on that one, man. I'd have to see it to believe it. I can't predict anything on that one. I mean, I could see Khabib knocking him out, too. Because we forget, Khabib has some KOs. He has standing KOs. He knocks Tiago Tavares out with a standing elbow. Um, so... Yeah, man, anything can happen. Um, I might pick Khabib because that's the smart money, but it would definitely be not a surprise if Oliver took that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few cool things that I picked up on uh, after at least the Pena fight was after she had won, she gets up. She was this is this is her quoting her directly. I just watched the post fight uh, when she was on the ground going for the rear naked. She is thinking to herself, man, I wish I could hear my corner and they could tell me how much time I had left in this round. Mm-hmm. And then the ref stops the fight, picks her up. She goes back to her corner. She thought that that was the end of the round. So if you watch her demeanor, and I noticed this before I knew that, I'm like watching her demeanor. And it was very much like Brandon Moreno when he didn't process that he had won. But Penny actually didn't know she had won. She, she, she thought, okay, round's over. I'm going to go back to my corner. She's calm. She's cool. She's like, all right, serious mode. And then a second later, someone says, uh, oh, no, you won. And then you see this it sinks in, she celebrates. That's got to be crazy. That's got to be like, <laughs> you're ready to go back to round three for war and you're the champion. That's like thinking you lost a lottery ticket and it's in your pocket. You're like, oh, shit. All right, cool. That has to be one of those moments. And then the, uh, the Michael Chiesa thing, that's wild. So he was a little inebriated and he was obviously caged or ringside. And they grew up together. They both started MMA at the same time, same city, both from the Pacific Northwest. And uh, he was a little drunk. So when she had won the fight, he was trying to jump not only the barricade, but the cage, screaming, that's my teammate. I need to see her. I need to see her. You know, obviously, as drunken as a drunken guy could be who just watched someone win their world championship. And uh, security wasn't letting it happen. And he kind of got into a minor scuffle with security, not enough to be arrested. Um so that was that whole situation. You can see him. I think there's footage of him trying to at least jump one of the, the first barricade. Um, and then obviously they let him backstage. And as soon as Penny gets backstage, he is just bawling his eyes out, hugging her. Just, I mean, he's drunk, so it's it's pretty funny to watch. It's like, let me hug you. Can I hold your hand? Can I walk with you? It's very wholesome. <laughs> it's, it's very wholesome. Watch the footage. I think it was on yeah, the Instagram. Yeah. yeah, it's it's cute. It's funny. I love Kiesa. Um, so, yeah, like the future of MMA right now, Pena obviously. But here's the thing I want. But here's the thing I want to ask. In the main event, it looked like that. It, it's weird they mentioned it, but they didn't really show replays. Yeah. Did 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 Oliveira hold Poria's glove? I was gonna say that right now. As they were talking about it live in the broadcast, it made sense. And then hearing Poria talk in the post fight saying he didn't know whether or not he was holding his glove, but he knew that he was trying to go for a sweep. And it wasn't working because of something with his hand. So 
obviously refs discretion we could all go back we can find you know fine tooth comb the footage um maybe i mean rogan said it immediately and rogan's not one to yeah. like yeah he saw it <laughs> like i don't know where they were i don't, we don't know where in the if he was watching the live feed or if he was watching the live fight and he was like six inches away from it happening um I'm not saying it seems likely because of Oliveira and that's the kind of fighter it is. It does seem possible that something somebody would do, whether or not they meant to do it on purpose or not. Ref didn't see it. I don't know if anyone is going to contest it. You know, uh, it'd be really hard to, the one thing that the one of the hardest things to do in MMA ever, and I've only seen it happen once is to overturn something based on a tactical error by the ref. Commission will never admit that their ref did something wrong. It's happened twice. Mm-hmm. Happened with Drew Dober down in Brazil. That was dirty. And then it happened in uh, Invicta with Mike England as a ref, uh, Tanya Evinger versus um, the blonde girl that I don't like because of this bullshit with the hair from Russia. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, Kuniskaya. Kuniskaya. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she was stepping on her face during an arm bar, and the ref said that it was a kick to a down opponent, but it was not, and they reversed it. And I was like, wow, they actually did it. Um, yeah, man. I mean, we'll see how much protest we get from anybody, but I don't think anything's going to come of it. I don't think anyone's going to think Oliveira is a lesser of a fighter, you know, unless some crazy blatant footage comes out, you know, <laughs> I think this is one of those things that we're just going to have to talk about for the next three days and then it's going to be done with. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think uh, Poirier fights next? You think he should fight Chandler or? Yeah, uh, I think Chandler's probably the best bet. They're both coming off of um, losses. Um, they both need, I'd say six months to nine, let's say six to eight months off. Um, whatever major card comes before the summer would make a lot of sense. Uh, I see them as a coming event for a title pay-per-view, you know? Um, but yeah, they both deserve some time off and I'm cool with that. I ain't going to be mad if they take, uh, six months off. Okay. That, that would be a fight though. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. That'd be, that'd be good. That'll definitely be fight of the year. Um, yeah, that's pretty much covers everything I had to bring up. Ivan, anyone? Oh, the winner. Oh, <laughs> oh. Look at me trying to head movement, head movement. <laughs> I got the scores right here. And the winner I had. Okay, so let me talk about this real quick. <laughs> I had five of 14 winners, one perfect. Every single fight on the main card wrong. Oh, every single fight on the prelims right <laughs> or at least oh. on the main on the pay-per-view like the not the early prelims but the other ones um so i lose i lose bad <laughs> i don't i picked i don't know what i i just went with i mean i picked odds i looked at the odds everything made sense obviously a night of crazy upsets and weird shit going on um i lose so and new the belt does stay in the family Oh Ivan, my gosh! The new champion with the score of <laughs> Woo! Where's my belt at? Hold up. Let me get a hold up. Oh. No. Nice. That's right. <laughs> right. For, first off, who did you pay to do your card for? Nobody. Oh. Nobody. <laughs> who did I you pay card? Who no. did you pay? I didn't pay no one. I did it like myself. The, the biggest I high you ever had in your life. So I don't know. <laughs> don't be hating. Don't be hating. The tier by. <laughs> Two times. Two times. <laughs> <laughs>
You can be five he, time, but I'm two time. Two time. We do have uh, one more UFC card this year, but we have no pay-per-views left until 270, which is going to be in my hometown of Anaheim, California, January 22nd. So I look forward to running the prediction show for that. Did anybody else have any talking points, any predictions for the future of the sport? Man. Hey, man, biggest fight, Paul Woodley, two. Yeah, <laughs> we will not be covering that. I will be watching highlights on Twitter. <laughs> All I know is that if Woolley loses, he should just disappear. He should just. That, yeah, that I hope you know. I think Paul uh, put that one million if you knock me out clause. I hope. I hope that's a real thing, and I do hope Woolley does it. That would be great. But uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I don't know. We kind of. He didn't do too bad in their first fight. He did rock him, put him up against the ropes. He lost, okay? He lost. He did lose. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't show me anything that means that he can't win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. That's pretty much it. Uh, I appreciate everybody who tuned in and watched uh, MS- MMA episode 13. Ivan, close it out for this side. <laughs> well, we'll be having, hopefully, maybe, hopefully, before the year is over, we'll be doing our top five. For MMA, we'll be doing yeah, top five. I'm excited for that. Top five fights of 2021. It's our top five either moments or either the, the fights. So we'll figure that one out. I'm excited for that because the coach, Coach Rage, will be part of that, and hopefully we get Coach Vela as well back for that top five. And I'm looking forward. And yeah, this is this ended for the end of the year for episode 13 uh, for MMA. 13 episodes in, I've loved it. Awesome 2021. Us. You know, covering mixed martial arts. I want to thank the host because he is the one that was the most. The director, as we directs everyone. That's right. I do all right. <laughs> you do. No, you, you do. You great. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think. Over a year with you guys, and uh, here's to a couple more. Exactly. Exactly. And of course, with the bodies of pain. <laughs> with the bodies of pain as well. You can catch them as well on Championship on the Line podcast on their YouTube channels or any audio platform. Subscribe to them. Everything in the description will be below. Make sure you tune in to Championship Online. We have a lot coming between from the two sites. But yes, as the director said it, we'll see you guys on the next one.